0: This podcast is sponsored by Luke1977. Use my discount code MAX20 to get yourself 20% off on almost anything over at Luke. Obviously, it's getting a little bit colder outside and Luke have just brought out the brand new Autumn 23 range and there's some absolute beauties in there. So if you fancy getting yourself a bargain and also supporting the channel, please go and use the code MAX20 over at Luke. Hello and welcome back to another Villa on Tour podcast. I'm your host Max Stokes as ever, joined by Simon Lion Simon. How are you mate? All good.
1: Yeah, not too bad. All fresh after two another another two Villa victories. So, yeah, buzzing, absolutely buzzing.
0: Ah, oh, it's so fun being a Villa fan at the moment, isn't it? Literally just did a podcast about this time last week. Already we've got two Villa wins to talk about. You recovered from the uh, trip to the Netherlands yet? Yeah, it's been non-stop, hasn't it? We don't do uh, things by half, do we when we go on trips? America was the same. We don't we don't stop do we so recovered yeah it's been you know
1: it's been pretty tiring hasn't it but uh yeah i mean you know it's it's it, it was good fun wasn't it so yeah absolutely absolutely loved it and i'd do i'd do it every week if we could do i, I, I had that much fun <laughs> it was just yeah, it was brilliant. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wouldn't change it for the world, though. Uh,
0: coming up in this podcast, then we'll chat over our incredible away trip to Alkmaar and, of course, Villa's victory against Luton, our 12th home win in a row, which is absolutely mental. Go and check out Villa on Tour on YouTube. If you have missed the Alkmaar video or the Luton video, especially the Alkmaar one, please go and check that out on Villa on Tour and subscribe to this podcast as well. If you haven't already, on whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, please do subscribe so you never miss an episode coming out every single week week and please do leave us a review as well if you do feel that way inclined because it really does help us out as well right then I know a little bit of time has passed but I think we've got to talk about Alkmaar honestly just touched on it there the European trips following the villa I absolutely love it we were due to do sort of like a a podcast out there weren't we we were going to sit down for sort of five minutes or ten minutes like a a cafe or whatever and have a beer and you know do a podcast out there but we just didn't have any time unfortunately did we like what we flew into Eindhoven on Wednesday night a really misty Eindhoven and late on Wednesday, and then the Thursday was just chocker, wasn't it? We we uh, got the train to Alkmaar in the morning, and then it was just non-stop, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It, and, and, and that's what these European away days are like, aren't they? You know, we only go for a couple of days, and so there's a lot to packing you know, over those couple of days or so. So yeah, it was a it was a really really busy one, but yeah, something that I absolutely love. I mean, following the Villa, getting the opportunity to follow the Villa uh, abroad is just wow. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, we love the away games here, but I don't think they're anything compared to the away games abroad, so being able to follow Villa in Europe is just, a, it's, it's a privilege really, isn't it? Yeah, it's a different level and it really is a pleasure. Um,
0: one thing we kind of did miss out on, I guess, with our trip to the Netherlands was the sort of antics that went on in uh, Amsterdam. Like I said, we flew into Eindhoven because, I mean, it is a, a couple of hours on the train away from, from Amsterdam and Alkmaar, but it was just cheaper. Like If you're going to do all of the European trips, you need to sort of do it on some sort of budget. So we flew to Eindhoven because it was a little bit cheaper, but there was just thousands and a thousands, people have probably seen the videos and stuff on social media, but thousands of Villa fans in Amsterdam, and what I find mental is people will just go there without a ticket, like, the majority of Villa fans who made the trip over to the Netherlands probably didn't have a ticket, and you have seen the videos in Amsterdam on the Wednesday night, Thursday night, even going into Friday in the weekend, it's class support, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, what was, there it was like eight, 900 tickets, wasn't there, and, and yet we were talking mm. to we were talking to a, a chap who was on the Ajax tour on the Friday, and uh, he was from up north, he was from Carlisle, he was just in Amsterdam, Amsterdam for the weekend with his wife, and he was saying like every single bar he went into on on that sort of Thursday on that sort of Thursday night was just rammed full of Villa fans. It was like a sea of claret and blue everywhere, and yeah, as you say, we didn't get to experience Amsterdam much just because primarily because, as you say, if you go into every single away trip uh, here and abroad, you kind of have to, you know, you kind of have to budget a little bit, don't you? And we did it. On on the cheap, so to speak. So so I suppose we missed out on that, but you know, fair play to all, all Villa fans are going there. We've mm-hmm. all without tickets. I think it's, it's a real big thing for them to do that, and obviously it's not cheap, is it? It's not cheap at all, as we found out. And so for them to be doing that, especially without tickets, is is, is absolutely huge. And uh, and yeah, it's just uh, it's just great
0: to see the Villa followed so well across Europe, essentially. Yeah, it's unbelievable support. So we got to Alkmaar about what was it midday? I didn't really know what to expect from Alkmaar. I think it's about half an hour north of amsterdam on the train isn't it? i didn't know anything about the town we were doing a little bit of research on the train into alkmaar about a population of just over a hundred thousand, so a pretty small town it was quite we were walking through it weren't we when we go into our hotel and it was quite quiet there was not a lot going on you were sort of saying it felt like a town that was quite well off i don't know it kind of strikes us as a little bit of a a posh place to be quite expensive maybe
1: yeah it was nice i mean walking around the streets it was you had that vibe didn't you you had that it was a really like nice sort of area sort of vibe and uh Obviously, we got to the train station, and we had that walk to our to our hotel, which was about a fifteen minute walk. And mm. yeah, walking past some really nice houses and some really sort of quaint sort of streets and shops. And yeah, it was lovely. I I thought the town of Altman was absolutely lovely. It's a sort of place where you'd you'd be quite comfortable spending you know a couple of days in easily. I thought it was it's without that hustle and bustle, isn't it? It's. Uh, you know like i say it's sort of sleepy it's sort of quiet um but yeah i thought it, i thought
0: it was lovely yeah yeah it was really nice and we say this with the european tours like you can go see amsterdams warsaw's but like a place like alkmaar is just somewhere that you would never ever go if it wasn't for, for following your team in europe and i think that's what i love about it as well like warsaw you kind of knew what to expect i'd been to poland before we both had but never to warsaw so you know there's an element of something new there but you kind of knew what you're going to get but somewhere like a really small town like in the north of the netherlands going to Somewhere new like that, just following the foot like your team in Europe. It's it's absolutely class, isn't it? And we were walking from the train station, and we were uh, we were going to our hotel. If you've seen the video, you'll know about the hotel, but it was a former prison. This hotel, so it was sort of like a little bit out the way, but it was in like a bit of a forestry area wasn't it and you could tell it was a former prison but it was really really nice in there and the guy sort of in the foyer was saying that all the teams who play Alkmaar stay there as well so the Legia Warsaw team stayed there they had a signed shirt in the foyer didn't they but the guy was saying that Villa are the only team that aren't because I guess it's such a short flight and like an early kick-off that Villa would have just flown home after the game
1: yeah well um, well, well. obviously Villa were there the night before but uh, but yeah they, they didn't stay there and I think the bloke was saying they didn't stay mm. there purely because they wanted like a massive. Of rooms and the hotel, <laughs> the hotel just, just didn't have it on offer, sort of thing. So yeah, we stumbled upon it. It was a really nice, again, really quirky, wasn't it? it was a really, really quirky place to stay. But it was probably it was probably one of the it was probably one of the nicest hotels I've ever stopped in, if I'm being honest. here, yeah. I thought it was really nice. It was really a central location, only fifteen minute walk, 15-20 minute walk from the train station and where we were on that fr- on that Thursday uh, before the game. And so yeah, it made it perfect, and it, and it made it really easy for us after the game because obviously we just got. You know, bust back into the the main the, the main town centre by the train station, and we had a fifteen minute
0: walk, and we were and we were back at the hotel. So it was absolutely perfect. Go and check out the villa on tour video if you haven't already. Honestly, to just to see what that sort of former prison looks like. It's still got. I mean, they didn't even call them rooms, did they? They nah. sort of said, "Oh, your cell one nineteen or whatever it yeah, was." What. Yeah. So they they've still got that element of the the prison vibe, haven't they? It's weird.
1: Yeah, you know, what? I I mean, like staying at quirky places like that. I feel like you know, like hotels are hotels, aren't they? You can stay in a, a phase yeah. in the hotel. They're exactly the same, and so if you stay somewhere a little bit, a little bit, a little bit more quirky, then. Then you know it beats it, it beats it don't it and I and I think originally we were supposed to be staying on that boat in Amsterdam weren't we so we do <laughs> like a quirky little sort of sort of hotel or or, or where we're going to stay but to be fair I didn't I didn't I didn't know this was a sort of quirky place until after I booked it and then I started to look at some of the reviews and the uh, and the pictures and I realised that it was a former prison with all bars on the windows and stuff like that but it was a really really nice place though and like it was it was a bargain absolute bargain for what we paid for it it was
0: incredible yeah I promise we're not sponsored by this uh, prison hotel by the way but it, it was really really nice anyway we'll get into the fan zone then in Alkmaar that that was quality I think that's something that we didn't have in, in Poland wasn't it I mean it was like a it was smallish square in Alkmaar sort of set aside for Villa fans I think the police had said that sort of Alkmaar fans weren't allowed into the centre they can go elsewhere but we had this sort of big square didn't we and there was a nice gazebo up there was a couple of pubs around the outside um, a couple of places to get food as well I thought that was really well organised and it was a great atmosphere wasn't it I think more people kept arriving as the hours went on but it was absolutely brilliant that square in Outmar, wasn't it it was great
1: yeah it was good it was good for everyone to be together and as you say serving beer serving food everyone put the flags up and and obviously the, the ticket collection point there and um, and then they they obviously had entertainment in, in terms of like a DJ playing all sort of villa related songs there as well and so mm. it was nice actually it was nice to be all together and I've got to say I thought the organisation of it was brilliant how the buses picked us up and there was absolutely no trouble sort of Getting there and even getting back, I thought I thought the whole thing was organised really really well. To be fair, and uh, yeah, it was nice. It was I felt like it was a bit of a nicer experience than, than what Warsaw probably was. Um, and as you say, it's it's a little bit different because obviously when you go to when you go to Warsaw, it's a big city, but obviously Altmar is yeah. that t- traditional sort of Conference League game. And we were we were saying, weren't we, on the Friday that you know if you play in the Champions League, you go to like major cities, don't you? But in the mm. Conference League, you tend to. You know, have these have these teams in like absolute random places where you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't be likely to visit, but you'd never say you go to Altmar on holiday, usually, would you? And yet, and you would now. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) and and that's the thing. You you go, and it's absolutely lovely, isn't it? And so, uh, there's, I reckon, there's so many places like that around Europe and around the world where where you Mm. wouldn't even give it a a second's thought, but there there you are. because you're there with a the villa, you get to sample it as well.
0: So, no, it was great, and that's why I'm buzzing to go to Bosnia as well. Because Mostar, I mean, you, you've got a mate who went on holiday to Mostar. Actually, so I do not know what I'm talking about?
1: <laughs> wow, well, kind of. Yeah, she was. She was in. Uh, she was in Split in Croatia. Croatia. Okay. And she just went on a day trip to to Mostar. So, uh, which is still a bit random, to be fair. But, uh, but yeah, no, it'll, <laughs> it'll be it'll be good. I'm looking. For, I think I'm looking forward to that one the most because it's what like ten days before Christmas, and it's gonna. Well, it's gonna be really quirky that one, definitely.
0: Oh, I'm buzzing for it. Did you see the? Um, well, we were actually in the hotel, weren't we, in Altmar, and we saw the the pictures online because Legia were playing uh, Mostar at the same time, and the Legia fans were jumping off that bridge in Mostar. Like the Legia fans are absolutely mental. Do you fancy doing that when we go there? Maybe. Not. I was
1: gonna say you went you went getting me doing that. Absolutely <laughs> not. I, mean, I was gonna say we like a GoPro strapped to my head or something, like diving <laughs> diving off that mass. I don't fancy that one. If I'm gonna be honest, Mate, I don't fancy think that. Think
0: of the content. <laughs> Think of the content. Come on, sacrifice yourself. I'd
1: rather live, to be honest with you. I think I'd rather live. <laughs> but, no, yeah, it, it was it was funny. And, uh, yeah, just just, just just being there will be, will be great. Again, it's not the sort of place you think you'd ever visit. Yeah, Mastar
0: in Bosnia. You just don't think about mm-hmm. it. But I think it'll be brilliant. I can't wait for it. Yeah, absolutely buzzing for that. But we got to the ground, um, and it was a—I don't know. From the outside, it was nothing special, really. I mean, it kind of looks like a pretty. I mean, it wasn't modern, but it kind of looks like that modern sort of Derby County, Leicester City sort of vibe of a stadium. But inside, it was quite nice. It's, it felt a little bit more European than those sort of English sides I just mentioned. But they had that sort of open concourse at the bottom, didn't they? Um, that I mean, we got in there. We got in there about an hour and a half before, didn't we? And we were sort of just chilling out a bit. And as, as more people arrived and people started putting their flags up and stuff, the sort of atmosphere continued. Nudes from that square didn't it and the Matty Cash song honestly how how long did that go on for it must have been 10-15 minutes and then sort of it were quiet enough and then it would just go again wouldn't it and that atmosphere in that sort of concourse area before the game was just something that I've never experienced some, like that before in English Ground before because it's so open and you can see the pitch and the stand ju- as you literally enter the stadium that was incredible
1: yeah it was and um, I think I said to you didn't I that it was really spontaneous as well I thought the Villa fans all day and all night were at Absolutely brilliant, and it was possibly one of the best away ends I think I've ever been in. But it was just really, like I say, spontaneous, and everyone sort of got into the stadium a good a good hour before the game, and it was like it was like we were going for the title or something, wasn't it? How everyone was like (laughs) reacting and banging on like the plastic hoardings at the front and you know, singing all the songs, and all the flags were up, and it looked brilliant, didn't it? And uh, yeah, it was just the atmosphere was absolutely incredible, and yeah, I think full credit to the Villa fans because they travelled. You know so well in, in in their numbers, there was absolutely no trouble. Everyone was really well behaved, and and, and they made. A really good atmosphere, and I think we said before, you know, we get a little bit of stick sometimes from European football supporters. They they tell us that English football supporters aren't aren't anywhere near what the the mm. European football supporters are like in terms of atmosphere building. And yet, it was the Villa fans that sang all night in Alkmaar from the mo- from a, from an hour and a half before kickoff right the way through till the very end. And uh, yeah, full credit to the Villa fans because they made it a really really good atmosphere.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Going to to follow your team in Europe and follow Villa around Europe because there's this sort sort of European ultras scene where the ultras of whatever team you're playing sort of get in the ground really early I think from where we were the the RZ Altma uh, ultras were down the other end and they got in there really early didn't they but they didn't really do anything I mean I like English fans I mean obviously I'm biased but I mean this is all directed basically at a Dutch mate that we've got that kind of likes to slag off English football fans and he loves the ultra scene but we come back at that and say well sort of you saw it at the game that you know on Thursday that filler fans are just so in high spirits and it is spontaneous and I think that's that's what I love about it. it is spontaneous and it's out the blue and one person gets a song going and then you know 2000 but well, obviously not an outmark because there was only 900 but you know hundreds of people join in and that's what's great about it rather than a really orchestrated sort of planned out thing don't get me wrong like you know ultra scene can be class and all the you know preparations that they do is great but what I like about English fans is the fact it is so spontaneous
1: well it is and that's how that's how English football fans are and I think it's the the sense of humour as well of English people and yeah. Um, you know, like even even thinking about like yesterday, like like we'll get onto it later, but like the Luton Town fans at Villa Park on, on Sunday, like they, they were they were really good and a lot of their a lot of their chants were like really sort of spontaneous and you know, I, I like that. I think you get that with like British football fans. I'm not I'm not too sure you get it with European fans. Like I, I always say, like don't be wrong. It looks great with all the pyros and the fireworks and whatever. It looks great, but it's all a bit like manufactured, isn't it? Like the way they have like the people, you know, directing directing what chance to sing and directing the crowd. Mm. I find it all a little bit forced. If I'm being totally honest, and I think yeah, I think it's the sort of thing that we you know, we're not used to over here, are we? And I think and if yeah. anything that's a bit forced and manufactured gets. Gets a bit of stick over here, doesn't it? So look, it's it's, it's what it's what you're used to, I suppose. But um, yeah, I I thought the Villa fans were were, were absolutely incredible the other night.
0: Yeah, it, it was just non-stop in that away end, wasn't it? Honestly, from about an hour before kickoff to the final whistle and beyond, like, it just did not stop. There was a couple of new songs that sort of erupted, didn't they, about watching Villa on a Thursday night and, you know, all these other ones as well. And it was just genuinely an absolute pleasure to be in that away end. And you do feel, like, lucky, don't you? Because we've been, we've been everywhere following, you know, the Villa and it's been disappointing, coming out of away ends, expecting to lose. Oh, we've lost away again, whatever, whatever. That famous, you know, run that we went on where we hadn't won away in 14 months, whatever... And you've now got the pleasure of following Aston Villa in Europe. And we were talking going into this game, weren't we, about we need something to kick off our European tour because Warsaw was a disappointment. Uh, Mostar was, you know, last-minute winner, great, but it was a little bit slow and turgid. But just to, it really got going in style, didn't it, with a 4-1 win. We were pretty relentless, weren't we? And it, a lot of people were saying, and rightly so, it was going to be the hardest game um, going into it in the group, away at, you know, the top seed. Because they'd won, what, eight out of nine league games going into it, only conceding four Goals going into it, and just to go there and, and roll them over easily, it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was, and I think I said to you before the
1: game that I thought it was a really important match. Uh, I think you know I said go to the game. If we win tonight, it sort of puts us in the box seat essentially with two with two two of the harder teams back at Villa Park, where you'd fancy us against anybody, uh, and then obviously the outsiders in Mustar away, and so. I said if we could go to Altmar and get a result, it would be really sort of welcome, and it would set us on that mm-hmm. road to hopefully qualifying. And uh, and and I, and I was expecting a tough game. I was expecting, I was probably expecting a closer game than it was. And yet we know the quality Villa have got there, and you know we were, we were able to make changes, probably not as many changes as we did. Uh, in, in in Poland, but we were able to make changes and we we're able to still come out, you know, pretty strong winners, which which was, which was really good. But it was a it was a really important game. you didn't want to go there and and if you lost again, you know, you'd be staring down the barrel a little bit, or you'd be put, yeah. or you'd be putting pressure on yourself. Um, and so to go there and get and get the win was was yeah really welcome.
0: Carlos Longley, Tielemans and Bailey all come in, but I think the star guys for me on Thursday night were Bailey and Tielemans They were they were very impressive, especially Tielemans because he's had a a little bit of stick, hasn't he? From you know. When he's come into cup games, whatever. But I think it's it's always going to be hard for him playing next to a Dendon Crew like him hasn't played a lot of football. But when you sort of slip him in there next to Kamara, Louise, and and John McGinn in that midfield. He played absolutely unbelievably and obviously he gets his goal as well his first Villa goal that was really really nice but I think the moment of the night for me was probably Watkins goal I think just after half time all the way from Martinez from back to front what a goal that was that's got to be my highlights in front of the away end as well great goal.
1: Yeah yeah you're right and I think the lads who came in really really did play well to be fair I thought as you said Telemans was excellent in, in the middle of the park he was on it all night and Leon Bailey's in you know tip top form at the moment Um but even like the likes of like Longley who came in I thought Longley had a really good game to be fair to him and Mm. we never really looked under any real pressure all night essentially and uh I thought what what the what long lay what Longley had to do he did it really well to be honest with you and uh but yeah that goal you're talking about that was just yeah an incredible goal wasn't it I mean that move was was absolutely beautiful and uh it was a pity that Bailey couldn't finish it off but you know Ollie, Ollie Watkins there in the right place at the right time and uh yeah it I think that move deserved a goal and that's exactly what it warranted, yeah.
0: Absolutely. What a night that was. And then on to the Friday where we did the uh, Ajax and Feyenoord Stadium tours as well. Like we said, we don't stop on these European tours. And I think if you're going to go to the Netherlands, I mean, I've been to Ajax before, but it was great to do a tour there. But I think the place that I was most looking forward to was de Kijp. like Going to Feyenoord Stadium where Aston Villa won the European Cup. It, w- it just felt special, that did, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it did. Yeah, and don't be wrong. The Ajax tour was good, but you know it's another sort of sort of, sort of big European sort of stadium, isn't it? New, newish mm. sort of stadium. But going to going to final was always going to be the highlight, especially for us because obviously we've got that. That massive history there, and it's not really changed since Villa won the European Cup there in 1982. Mm. And so to be there in the players that you know the, the the players, that's the biggest thing that's happened in Aston Villa's history was was surreal, really, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. I Really, really enjoyed seeing all the all, all all the old parts of that stadium and seeing if we could work out where Peter Witt scored his goal and. Um, and, and just seeing the, the little bits that, that that had Aston Villa's name around the stadium we, we found a couple of bits didn't we which, which was really nice
0: we couldn't walk we, we spent about half the tour trying to work out what ends Peter Width scored because we were we were getting up old clips and trying to work out where the tunnels were but then they changed the side of the changing rooms from one side to another since Villa won the European Cup so we spent half the tour trying to work out what <laughs> end it was didn't we
1: yeah we did we did and uh and also pretty funny. We we had the whole tour in Dutch, didn't we? So we spent <laughs> we spent yeah we spent pretty much the whole tour not having a clue what was going on. Um, we uh, we, so we so we had a, we had a Dutch travel guide who did support Everton though. And to be fair, he he was good because he did a few things in English mm. for us, didn't he? But yeah, it was quite amusing because we spent about an hour and a half of the two hour tour. Of thinking what the hell's going on sort of thing. Doing our own thing, essentially. <laughs> like, hanging around by the goal where Peter Wiss scored and being told off that we weren't keeping up with everybody else. And Yeah, so it was... Uh, yeah, it was good. I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. And obviously going, going out to the gates, uh, you know, around the side, which is exactly mm. the same as it was back in 1982. And so, yeah, seeing that, seeing all the old floodlights and everything, it
0: was just lovely, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. And the group's looking good now, isn't it? AZ Alkmaar find themselves rooted to the bottom of the table. Villa second behind Legia Warsaw, despite having a better goal difference. It's weird in Europe, and I only found this out on Friday, that it doesn't go off goal difference. It's head-to-head, isn't it? So I'm not sure what to make of that, but it does make those home games against AZ Alkmaar and Legia Warsaw very, very important.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it does. You're right, you're right it's um yeah we've given ourselves a good chance now haven't we um and so those two home games i mean if you if you get maximum points from the two home games you're pretty much home and hosed essentially and that mustard game becomes a little bit of a well a a game where we're not under pressure becomes a little bit of a dead rubber kind of thing Mm -hmm. and so that's what we want essentially we don't want to go there and and have to worry about getting a result if we can we can overcome uh, Alkmaar at home and Legia Warsaw at home then, then yeah Villa are sort of home and hose and, and and they will be through so
0: yeah fingers crossed but it looks it looks good last little bit on uh, Alkmaar then before we move on to the looting game just a comment I wanted to raise from RZ uh, I, I think he's a striker Muller Wolf when he was talking about Villa he said I've never played against such a good team when we tried to press them high they just went in behind us and when we stayed they played in between us that said I don't see why we can't go to Villa Park in a few weeks and beat them so a little bit contrary from him saying that Villa was such a great side, but fair play to him still keeping positive about their trip to Villa Park. Eh? Fair play.
1: Yeah, I suppose he's got, to, he's got to keep a bit of a glimmer of hope, hasn't he? <laughs> but it was interesting what he said actually, like in terms of, you know, he was talking about how high we pressed them and then that was hard, but if we sat off, it was hard as well. And I thought, mm. I thought that was really, really interesting. He was saying basically we, we found space whichever way we did it, essentially, which, uh, which was really interesting. And it's just a, a testament to how Villa are playing and, and, and doing I Emery.
0: Yeah, they just couldn't handle us. Anyway, let's move on to the Premier League game on Sunday. Really, really quick turnaround, which I absolutely love as well. It's an, it's an ideal game. I mean, it's a favourable game on paper, isn't it? Luton Town at home on the Sunday following a trip to Europe. Uh, Bailey and Telemans lose their places, though. I think Tielemans is, is fair because it's hard to get in over. That's such a good partnership of Louise and Kamara. Bailey, I was a little bit surprised about that Zaniolo got the nod um, over him. Uh, what do you make of that one? Um yeah I think I think Bailey will feel a little bit hard done by because he's in good form at the moment
1: um but I think the reason for it is though is that obviously with Jacob Ramsey out at the moment I think it makes it a little bit more difficult and I think I think Emery doesn't particularly want John McGinn over on that left-hand side I think he prefers him over on the right-hand side and so I think the player that he thinks is most suited to play on that left-hand side is Zaniolo. I don't think he I don't think he thinks Bailey can play on that left-hand yeah. side because we've hardly ever seen him on that left-hand side. So I think he 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 looks at Zaniolo as the as the sort of standout sort of replacement for for Jacob Ramsey while he's injured. Um, and I do get that. It, it, it gives us a little bit more better better balance with with over over on that right-hand side. But I think it's good. I think you've got Zaniolo and Bailey sort of pushing each other at the moment. You've got that competition of places which I think he's bringing the best out in Bailey without a doubt. Um, and I think Zaniolo, look, he's still finding his feet. I think he's He's, you know, he's been a bit unlucky. He's had some really good chances, hasn't he? He's been, he's been a little bit unlucky, mm. but I think he gets us up the pitch there as well. And I think he, he's hold up plays decent at times, and I think he's. I think he's offering something to us. I, I genuinely believe that. Um, well, 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 he is because he would not be starting if not. I don't think Emery would be mm. would be putting him in the starting eleven if he wasn't. And so, yeah, I think Bailey can feel a little bit hard done by, but I understand why Emery sort of sticking with Zaniolo on that left hand side at the moment.
0: Yeah, he just needs that goal, doesn't he? I think Villa were just in control from that first whistle. I think Luton they just looked like a Championship side. I think it was quite interesting to see Nakamba and Barkley started for them. I mean, I didn't even notice Barkley until the second half when he came up on the big screen completely forgot he was playing but it's, it's a little bit weird to see that sort of Villa nostalgia back in the uh the loose in midfield yeah it's really
1: weird and it wasn't that long ago That that's the scary thing I mean it wasn't <laughs> that long ago under Stephen Gerrard when we we're talking about how marvellous Nakamba had been Villa's best player under Stephen Gerrard which yeah which is crazy isn't it really I mean you know we all like Nakamba we all got a lot of respect for him but he was always a very limited player wasn't he I mean we always mm. said like let's hope he slices a few balls out of play like he used to do while he was playing for us kind of thing before the game so yeah like it, it was weird it, I think it just shows you how far Villa have come really I mean like you say two, both of them were sort of key players of Villa not that long ago um, yeah. and so yeah for us to be in the position we're in now is, 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 is unbelievable
0: you got a nice reception didn't you when you went off Nakamba I think I mean I don't know what it was like where you sat but he got a standing ovation from the whole 10 people were clapping singing his name um, so that was really nice I think going into the game it always sort of felt that get that first goal early, we'll that will be absolutely fine, I didn't want it to be like a sort of mustard situation where we'd have countless possessions, shots whatever and it just wouldn't quite happen so getting that early goal 17 minutes in from, from John McGinn was, was really, really vital but just before we get into that, I thought Cash and Diaby started really, really well on that right hand side, sort of, we played quite narrow but Diaby found himself sort of pulling out to that right hand side, Cash, finding him over the top I think that the first chance of the game comes from that, doesn't it, with Watkins' flick up to Zaniolo where I was just desperate for that to ripple in the corner it was so unfortunate just not even hitting the target a little bit disappointing because it was a great move as well wasn't it but Zaniola just can't quite seem to find the net at the moment it's unfortunate yeah it's like he caught
1: it too well if anything didn't he like his shot was like like a blistering sort of shot and you sort of think if he'd have sort of sh- uh, maybe like shinned that or something or miskicked it, he probably would have gone in the net mm. but yeah it was that would have been an absolutely brilliant goal if it had gone in kind of, but yeah Villa started really well like really really bright and as, as we've come to expect sort of thing at Villa Park and uh and, yeah, it sort of set the tone for the game. But what you just said there about Diaby, I thought, he was, I thought he was tremendous all afternoon. I thought his link-up player with Watkins and then later on in the game, Baylor, was absolutely brilliant. And, uh, yeah, he's hes some player. He's really some player. But, um, yeah, I think it was always going to be a tricky game. I think Villa were going to have to be patient. I think Luton were always going to come and sort of sit back a little bit. Even when Villa took the lead, I think they were still going to sit back because I don't think they wanted the game to open up. They don't—they not did They wanted to stay in the game, essentially, didn't they? Um, And that's how it proves sort of thing. But yeah, I just thought it was a professional job from Villa. They sort of took their time. You know, they didn't rush things. And I think the fans now have got got used to the fact that Villa are going to play that sort of slow build up at times. But then they'll go for the jugular when the opportunity arises. And that's exactly what happened.
0: Yeah, a huge chance just before we do go one 0 up is Watkins with a a great double save. I didn't realise till I watched it back that it was a double save actually. I just thought Watkins had had a strike and the keeper had saved it, but to have that sort of second nibble and the keeper did really well there. To be fair, it's a con's of ball over the top to Cash, isn't it? And it's it's great football once again. Cash involved on that right hand side, and I mean you were you were right right next to it from the north stand. He's got to score there, and a, you come to not expect that from Ollie Watkins, unfortunately. But got to give credit to the goalkeeper there. Yeah, it
1: was a great save, but I'm still I'm still convinced it was offside there. I he looked, it looked massively offside to me. That did it, really did. And like, I know the lines didn't put his flag up, and no, he didn't. But I'm sure that would have been chalked off for, for offside. I'm very, I'm sure it would have been. I haven't seen a replay of it, but you know, in the moment, when it just feels like this. This feels massively
0: offside. It just felt... We said exactly the same. Yeah, we said exactly the same from the whole end, and that's why we didn't sort of celebrate a win yeah. sort, of, sort of surprised too much it did look massively
1: offside but yeah because Cash was like holding his arms out because he wanted the ball played through him earlier so I think even yeah. he thought he was offside as well so I'd have been mean, surprised if that goal had a, a stud but I mean yeah
0: fair fair, fair play to the keeper because it was an absolute world of a save wasn't it yeah, the McGinn goal's a joke, by the way. The free kick situation. This wins the free kick, so he does well there. Austin McPhee. Every set piece the Villa get, he's up on his feet, down the touchline, it's a great move, isn't it? And from where I'm sat, absolutely miles away, it looks like the chance has gone because it looks like McGinn is going to hit it first time, but takes that first touch onto his right foot. It's a great finish, isn't it? Quite through quite a few bodies as well.
1: Yeah, just a routine that Luton weren't expecting, and it wasn't. It was poor defending, really. I mean, it was it was far too easy for John McGinn to get past mm. and, and just to. Just to place the shot into, into the corner of the net, it was far too easy. The to def- uh, you know, for on the defending side of things, but. But yeah, another another clever routine. I think Villa keep the opposition guessing and I think we know that we can't just swing the ball into the box because we're not a big side yeah. and we, we come up against sides who are fairly big. Um, and so I think we, we have to mix it up because of that. But yeah, fair play to Austin fee because something whatever he's doing at the moment is working, isn't it? We look like we look like we're gonna cause trouble with every set piece we take at the moment, and so um yeah, I was really, really pleased to see that go in. And it was kind of a little bit of again, it was a little bit of a sense of relief, I suppose. It was just a a, a great way to sort of start the game after only 15, 16
0: minutes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's two and two for John McGinn, which is great to see. But Luton really offered nothing in that first half. It was pretty easy as you like for Aston Villa and it probably didn't help the atmosphere. I mean, you mentioned the Luton Town fans earlier. I mean, even I heard them at, at times from the whole ten, So they must have been decent and you can tell because none of them sort of left early, you know, and even then, they were 3-0 down towards the end and 3-1, none of them left. And you can tell that they're sort of in the Premier League like they still can't sort of tell that they're even in the league and you know what absolute credit to them like their fans are absolutely fantastic even I could tell from the upper halt yesterday and you know I don't normally hear away fans so fair play to them
1: yeah they were and, that, and you know what they didn't stop singing and there was some really good banter between the Luton and the Villa fans and uh, and I think Luton fans are just genuinely feel really sort of privileged to be in the Premier League at the moment I mean their story is absolutely incredible like me and my, me and my mm. brothers were talking on the way to the ground when we saw Luton the Luton fans we said you know, I can't believe Luton Luton are in the Premier League. It feels absolutely like bizarre. Like from where they were, like in administration, what twice over mm-hmm. the last uh, fifteen years or so, and they're in the Conference and had to fight all the way back up, sort of thing. It was just, it's an incredible story for Luton to be there, and um, and yeah, I mean, on the pitch, you you, you struggle to see. Where where they're going to get enough wins from? If if we've been honest, like I said to I said, I said to my brother after the game, I feel like this season will be a really low points tally to stay in the division because you know you got Luton, Sheffield United, um, and Burnley. I mean, three of them who came up who look yeah. really poor, don't they, at the moment? And then you've got Bournemouth who aren't that much better. But the rest of them are starting to pull away. Even like Everton are starting to pull away,
0: aren't they? Bit of a gap, um, isn't there?
1: Bit of a yeah, gap. Yeah, yeah. And I know I know. that's reliant on Everton not getting hit with that 12-point deduction, which everyone's talking about. But, yeah, you can't see past the three promoted teams at the moment. So, yeah, I think the Luton fans were brilliant and a fair play to them. I think they're just enjoying being back in the Premier League, even though you know even though they are getting beat but I think I think they kind of, I think for their support they kind of deserve Luton to have, to have stayed in the game as they did yesterday and they had to you know heads could have dropped for Luton yes, that's one thing I would say heads could have easily dropped um, and yet they carried on battling sort of thing and, and they got kind of their reward in the end and they, they had something to cheer about and uh but yeah I I, I respected I respected Luton I respected their fans because uh because not because because not because not many fans do that Villa Park come and come an absolute you know sing, sing the whole game and you look at West Ham yeah. the previous weekend and the away ended empty it was like 20 minutes to go sort of thing and so to see all Luton fans there at the end or Clapping the team off and clapping the manager Rob Edwards off was, was was a nice thing
0: to see. Did you notice the banner that they were holding up in the lower tier? Because I could sort of see that from where I was, but I couldn't obviously couldn't read it. What was that about? Did you no, see I that? No, I didn't. I didn't see that. No, no. Yeah. I don't know what they were holding up or what that was. It'll be interesting to, to actually know. If anybody does know, let please do let us know because want to know what all that was about. But uh, Bailey comes on for Zaniolo at half time. Uh, I mean early in the second half we make it two 0 don't we? And this is a really, really nice goal actually. McGinn holds it up on the left hand side, lays it off to Luca Dean, and I think no no one's really talked about the cross, but I think that cross is absolutely spot on. Pinpoint to uh, Leon Bailey, who does really well actually to get an assist for DRB. The finish is an absolute joke as well. Sort of lashes it, doesn't he, right into the bottom corner. No chance of the goalkeeper. And again, it's just wrapped up, isn't it? 2-0, early in the second half. Easy as you like.
1: Yeah, and, and Dean doing what he's, he does best at the moment. I mean, he's playing really well, Luka Dean. I've got to give full mm. credit to him. I think he's been excellent. And uh, Yeah, I McGill mean, did well. He stood that cross up. It was a great cross. And then I am convinced Bailey really meant for that to be headed back to Diaby yeah. I think he was I think he was going for a goal himself but you know we'll, we'll gloss over that and say it was an absolute
0: He got the assist He got the assist We'll say it was a
1: brilliant assist Um, and Diaby with a, an absolute class finish right into the corner and yeah he deserved that obviously his first goal at Villa Park and uh, yeah, yeah. he's been working so hard and uh, he's been playing really really well and uh, yeah he really deserved that so yeah I was really really pleased for him and again a really nice time to score early in the second half
0: Yeah he was sharp yesterday wasn't he Diaby you could tell he was back to to sort of full fitness I think he's had a, a, a quiet few weeks I think was it in the Mustard game he went off injured because he was very quiet against Wolves away um, apparently he was playing on sort of injections there he was a little bit better against West Ham but I still sort of thought that there was more to come from and he was maybe playing with a little bit of a knock and then obviously he didn't start against uh, Arsad Altmar, but he came on so he was sort of able to get a rest as well didn't go away with France in the international break so it's nice to see he's had a little bit of a break and he was so so sharp yesterday he was excellent
1: yeah, he was. He absolutely was, and obviously he was the the main one for the third goal as well, wasn't he? Obviously, it went mm. went down his own goal, which I thought was a little bit harsh, really, because. I think he was going in anyway, to be honest. But um but yeah, if he, he like I say, he was the main the main one with that with with, with the brilliant run, and obviously the ball comes into him from Kamara. Uh, but it was a brilliant run from him and uh, yeah, he makes that third goal for Villa and 3-0 and it's happy days. It's sort of game over, isn't it, essentially?
0: How good's that ball over the top from Kamara by the way. You can sort of tell his class, he's classy, sort of just waiting on the ball and it's sort of like a, a class curl chip just over the top, isn't it? It's like the you know that if anybody knows the game, Score Hero, where you can sort of draw lines on your phone where you want the ball to go it was sort of like that it was so perfect and the own goal sort of reminded me of Matty Cash's away at Liverpool where he sort of doesn't really have a choice if he doesn't really get anything on it it's going to be a goal anyway I think Watkins is just behind uh, Lockyer isn't he so Watkins would have scored but DRB and Kamara make that it was a great goal yeah it
1: was it was great vision from Kamara and, and as I said earlier I think that's what Villa do so well they can slow the play down to the point where you think oh we you know we've lost the chance to do anything now. Then all of a sudden we just we just hit them like with some sort of pass or whatever, and all of a sudden we're in and we end up scoring. That's what Villa are really really good at um and yeah it was just a, a brilliant a brilliant again another brilliant ball and it was well worth well worth
0: a goal at the end of it that makes it three goals then and that's three or more goals for the fifth home game this season that's 20 goals in five home games you've won all five what what sort of record is that 20 goals in our five home games so far this season that's by far and away the best home you know sort of form in the league best home scoring form in the league it's just Absolutely outrageous, twenty and five. Just seems like a joke. Yeah, it's it's it's
1: madness. It's absolute madness. And it's like there's that level of expectation now when you go to Villa Park that you're gonna yeah. that you're gonna you're gonna win. You're gonna win well as well. And I think uh I just think for us to be scoring as many goals as we are, and let's be honest, it could be more as well. That's the thing, like yeah. yesterday's game could easily have been seven or eight to Villa, let's be totally honest about mm. it, um, and uh, and yeah, maybe, maybe we took our foot off the gas a little bit, but I felt like we conserved the energy really well throughout the whole game, um, and that's what the top teams do, you know, that's if you're in Europe and you're playing a lot of games, you have to find a way of conserving energy, because you can't, you can't sub out 11 players every single game, and so you're going to have some players who are feeling a bit tired and... You know, play on Thursday and play on Sunday, etc. And we do have that. And yet Villa conserve energy so well yesterday because they were literally on the ball for like 75% yeah. of the time. And so it was, you know, they they they, they weren't going to get tired because of that because they weren't doing manning and mounds of running. And that's what Villa are really good at, you see. Like the Villa are, I don't know, they've sort of become like, I don't want to say this, but they've sort of become like a mini sort of Man City, in a way, how we play it around so so like slow, yeah. but then all of a sudden like like I say, a chance comes and it's like right, let's hit them now, sort of thing. I'm not saying we play exactly the same way because we don't, I know we don't, but um, it's the same, it's similar sort of vibes, though, isn't it? Um, and obviously, it just leads into so many, so many goals, and Villa keep the opposition guessing so much that we we always have a new trick up our sleeve all the time. And yeah, do you know what? Fanciest against anybody at Villa Park, and people are talking about Arsenal and Man City coming up, but. I, I, don't, I don't think we'll going lose both of them games though I genuinely don't I think mm.
0: we've got we've got a chance against both of them I, I genuinely think that yeah, we got that Man City on the Wednesday night and then it's Arsenal, half five on the Saturday I can't go to that Arsenal game, I'm so gutted because it's been moved to half five the atmosphere will be so good for that and I really really do fancy us, but we, we barely got out of first gear, did we against Luton and but don't forget this is Aston Villa so we've got to sort of find a way to, to concede, we don't do clean sheets, do we? And it's an absolute comedy on goal, isn't it? I think the, the big lad up top for Luton is Adebayo we saw him at uh, Carlisle didn't we, when we went to uh, just before Covid, we sort of had this spell where we really really wanted to take off the ninety-two. Me and you got the official Warsaw coach all the way up to Carlisle to go and sit in that Warsaw away end. And uh it was he up top for Warsaw wasn't it yeah. he? He was the striker back then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, weird is
1: that? Yeah Luton bought him for like 250 grand from Warsaw and I, I remember thinking wow. this place is rubbish as well. Like, I never I never <laughs> ever thought he was going to get anywhere near the Premier League. Um and here is for Luton. It's great, he's putting himself about isn't he? Like he did that at Forest last weekend and he he he, he got <clears> a goal at Forest last weekend. And yeah he put himself about again and uh yeah, I think, to be fair, I think it was the right thing for Konza. I think he I think him heading really back to Martins was the right thing to do. He just got too much on it. He just got far too much on it. And he took Martins by surprise and uh, obviously bounced off the bar and back off Martins and into the net. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was unlucky, wasn't it? It was just a, a comedy sort of own goal. But it, it, was, it, it was unlucky. I, I understood what Konza was trying to do.
0: Yeah, massively unlucky and it was similar to the sort of uh, goal that Martinez conceded against Arsenal in the last minute last year, wasn't it? Where it's just unlucky, comes off the uh, woodwork and goes in for an own goal. But do you want to play a game? I want to play a game just to emphasise how far Villa have come. So the game is, name the Villa 11 that last faced Luton Town. Now this was Wednesday the 10th of August 2016, just over seven years ago in the League Cup. Villa losing 3-1. It was absolutely horrific. Were you at this game? No, I wasn't. I didn't
1: go to that one, actually, no. Uh, I saw this the other day, so I can, probably, I can probably name a few players. I won't be able to name all of them.
0: Go on, take me through it. Start from the back. 4-4-2 formation. I think
1: Mark Bund was in goal. He was. Uh, was it Mickey Richards at right back? No, Mika Richards was in the middle oh, okay. centre half. Okay, so it was Richard, Richards, and Akore, wasn't it? At, at, yes. at the back,
0: who was at right back then? Well, according to BBC Sport, it's got Amavi and Nathan Baker as the full-backs. I don't really know what the situation no, he, is. No, it was
1: Richards at right back. It would have been Richards at. Okay, would have been Richards <laughs> at right back. <laughs> I was gonna say would have been Richards at right back. Amavi left back. Baker and Akore wouldn't it, yeah, in the centre. Yeah, yeah. And then midfield was it? Was the two wingers? Grealish and Green or something
0: like that. Yeah. And Andre Green, man. Didn't he go to like Slovenia or Slovakia or something? He did alright for himself, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's back in England now though, isn't he? Is, is he with like, is it, is it Rotherham? I want to say Rotherham. So he was at Sloven Bratislava and then he's gone back to Rotherham. That's a, that's a bit of a strange move. Anyway, yeah, Green and Grealish on the road. Green ones.
1: and Grealish and then, I don't actually know about this one. Was it Tish Bola? Uh Yes. And was it like I don't know. Would it it'd either be like Gardner or like Westwood, wouldn't it? Something like that. Gary Gardner. Ashley Westwood was on the bench. Gardner, and then up front would it have been like Dunno, like are you a McCormack or something like
0: that. Yeah. yeah. Are you a McCormack? Yeah. And then on the bench you've got Elphick, Bakuna, Jed Steer, Gestead, Westwood, Hutton and Sissoko. And how what absolutely vile. Absolutely vile. And there was people thinking that we'd get promoted with that team. Come off it. Horrific. Well I think had
1: to be fair, for championship level, I think it had decent individual players I mean you talk about oh. no he did though you talk about Grealish you talk about, you talk <laughs> about Jordan you Ross McCormack like those players individually were, were good players at that level come on uh, it was just that putting them all together it just it wasn't a team and I remember that night was literally the it was the curtain was pulled over Jordan Zocoré's Villa career that night when he scored <laughs> that I mean, one of the worst own goals it was one of the worst performances I've ever seen a player having a Villa shirt and then to top it off he scored that horrendous own goal and uh well, that was it. He never played for Villa again. And to be honest with you, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not surprised after that performance. But that night, it was horrible. It was just after. Um it was just after the season started wasn't it and it was in the cup yeah. and we August, were absolutely yeah. terrible and that was when you, you were watching it thinking yeah we're not getting promoted this season
0: yeah a couple of the lads in that squad were at the game yesterday I think Nathan Baker was at the game yesterday wasn't he uh, Jed Steer was at the game yesterday so despite uh, getting battered by Luton the last time we played those lads still love the Villa but uh, just a couple of things I did want to get your thoughts on as well the European Cup uh, got moved to the tunnel I don't know if you've seen that so the European Cup now sits in the Villa tunnel in some sort of like glass plinth um, I I don't know because it got moved didn't it from the original place and it was moved to like corporate which I think is absolutely terrible I think the players have definitely got to see it when they're walking out um, what do you make of that one yeah I, liked, I like
1: it uh, I I wasn't aware it got moved wasn't it? In, I thought it was in that glass cabinet in the tunnel area
0: it was it was apparently but then it got moved because uh, a certain someone wanted it in the corporate area I guess to show off um, so yeah it's been moved back now lucky. to be fair
1: when I remember when Villa had the, the tunnel redesigned under Randy Lerner and they shoved like, the trophies in there like cabinet in the tunnel and I always used to think he looked a bit tin pot. It looked like it looked like something <laughs> looked like something your dad would knock up in the shed sort of thing. And like it looked it <laughs> looked, I don't know, he's thinking he, think he looks a bit tin pot, so I'm not too bothered to see that go. I quite like it. I quite like really? it. Yeah, no I, I never like that. But I, I quite like it on the plinth. I quite like that. I think it yeah, I think it reminds I think it reminds everybody, it reminds the players of what that, what this club once achieved, and where we, you know, where we're striving to get to again. I, I, I quite like it. I don't look. I don't think we should ever forget. it And I think we get a lot of criticism from other fans saying we live in the past, but. Yeah, we won the biggest we won the biggest trophy in European football once in our history, and so why shouldn't we celebrate it?
0: Yeah, the only people who would criticise it are just jealous, and that's just a fact. Um, did you notice any more police presence yesterday around Villa Park, especially around the away end?
1: Uh, not really. I, I saw there was a couple of police horses around. Um, I also saw that that new. That new security system that they have, when you go and walk through like the metal detector <laughs> scanner, said had totally gone. So, so I, I don't know what happened there. Um, so, oh, absolutely brilliant. So yeah, it didn't last long, did it? Uh, but now, no, apart from <laughs> apart from like a couple of police horses, I didn't see. Anything else, no?
0: Yeah, apparently it's the first time for a very long time that police horses have been at Villa Park. Apparently it's all in preparation for the Legia Warsaw game. Uh, all this information is coming from My Old Man said to so go and check out their podcast for more information. But apparently it's just to get sort of like the systems up and running for how we're going to treat the the Legia Warsaw game. I don't know how many fans they're going to bring, but I think probably West Midlands Police are probably expecting a little bit of trouble. So it's just preparing for that, which is interesting.
1: Yeah, I think I read something about that they're going to have maybe just over a thousand or something I don't think it's going to be meant eh? I don't think it's going to be meant sensible eh? um, yeah I feel like it'll be the same maybe a few more than what uh, must are but, uh, but sort of similar so yeah that's interesting yeah well yeah you're right the police will have to be on the guard a little bit more definitely with, with, with Warsaw fans because obviously they're They'll be a bit
0: mad, won't they? They will, and we've already talked about it them jumping off the bridge in uh, Mostar. So, God knows what they can do in Birmingham City Centre. Um, let's look at the table then. Villa sitting fifth, uh, five points ahead of Newcastle in sixth, but only four points off the top of leagues. Mad that is that they're closer to the top of the league than we are to sixth. It's nice to sort of see, I mean, it's still early and a lot can change. It only takes a couple of results for that to change, but it's nice to see there being a small gap this early on in the season between us in fifth and Newcastle in sixth. Sort of us keeping up with the top four. It's nice. I
1: think that's really big. I think after yeah, ten games of the season, to be five points ahead of uh, you know Newcastle and seven points ahead of Manchester United, both both here in the in the Champions League, I think that's a real sort of achievement, and it's a yeah, it's, it's a nice little it's a nice little gap to have that definitely, and uh, yeah, it stands us in good stead, you know, for the rest of the season. I think we always say you can't judge a team until after the tenth game of the season. Well, we're at that point now, and we've got mm. twenty-two points. You know, we're fifth in the league five clear of Newcastle, seven clear of Man United and only a few off the top of the table. And so, yeah, I, you know, look, it's a long way to go, but Villa are in a really healthy position um, with confidence flowing through. We've still players to come back from injury, uh, player, big players to come back from injury as well, So especially with, like, Jacob Ramsey. like, um, And, and, and so, yeah, you, you, you sort of pray, you sort of touch wood we don't get any more injuries. Uh, I think that's always the key, And I, I mean, you look at Man U at the moment, I know they're... Horrendous at the moment. I understand that. But you've got to look at United's injuries, though. And you think, imagine that was like any of us. You know, like the how mm. they've got the likes of how they're having to play Johnny Evans and Maguire at the back. Horrible. You know, they've, they've had the likes of Iran and Lindelof and um, and Martinez out, and even Casemiro in midfield. I mean, they've had a lot of injuries to be fair. And I know everyone's getting on the back of like Ten Hag and stuff, but. Had a lot of injuries, haven't they? And so, I I, no. I, I, just, I just, I just think for, I just think for Villa, it's key that it's key that we keep our players fit, essentially. But if we can do that, I think we're in for a a good rest of the season, definitely
0: yeah huge shame for Manchester United but we need that bit of luck don't we I mean we've been obliterated by injuries as well so it happens to every team but look at the fixtures then Forest away on Sunday and then it's a quick turnaround to play RZ again uh, Thursday the 9th of November and then Fulham Tottenham and then Warsaw come to Villa Park but Forest on Sunday then I really always enjoy going to the City Ground it's one of my favourite stadiums we're going to get the train up there on uh, Sunday it's not too far at all so I'm really looking forward to, to following Villa on the road again back in this country this time
1: yeah it be good I like Forest yeah it's not too not too far to go probably traditional old club as well um yeah I'll really yeah I like going to forest so yeah looking forward to Sunday it'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a good one and uh, another chance for Villa to to go and get a win and it'd be nice to see us go and putting in a really good away performance wouldn't
0: it yeah absolutely and forest are sort of down there I mean we talked about the sort of gap that's sort of forming at the bottom of the table and forest are just above that and it's it's their home form that they're going to look at and try and get results from i think they've got a pretty dire away record i mean i follow a couple of forest fans online and i mean they went to anfield didn't they this weekend and weren't ever expecting anything there but i think going away from home especially for villa is going to be harder going to forest we'll talk about this sort of european clash against alzade alkma at villa park next week on next week's podcast any final words mate it's just it's just routine isn't it villa winning every week it's just good good fun at the moment isn't it it is yeah it feels it does feel routine at the moment it does and uh
1: yeah, it's just it feels like we're gonna win every game, doesn't it? Which feels really uh <laughs> which feels really dangerous. It feels really weird as well, doesn't it? I, I still think we're all talking about, oh, you know, the old villa, like typical villa, to be typical villa to go and lose and it's not typical Villa anymore there, is it? it's, it's it's consistent, that's the villa now. Um and that's that's bizarre, isn't it? Something something we've craved and something and something I what I've been talking about consistency, I think ever since I started following Villa and I don't think I've ever yeah. seen us be consistent if i'm being honest okay we're semi semi consistent under Martin o'neill but we always had it in us to have like a terrible terrible game or so every now and then but these days it feels different these days i just feel like i genuinely feel like we've got the best team we've had for a very very long time and um i was seeing some people sort of talk about whether you know villa's villa's team today is better than the team in sort of 94 and 96 that won the league cup Mm. and I find that I, obviously I, I don't know that because I, I I wasn't around following Villa then sort of thing. But it's mad that we're talking like that, isn't it? It's absolutely crazy that we're talking like this could be the best Villa team that 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 we've seen in a very long time in the Premier League, if not one of the best ones we've had in the Premier League. And so enjoy yeah. it while it's here. That's that, that's what I'd say because you know football football comes around in circles, doesn't it? Sometimes, and uh, you never know what's 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 next, sort of thing. So yeah, enjoy it. It's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be to be to be here and following Villa at the moment.
0: Yeah, football can change so fast, and you believe what you read. Unai Emery's off to Manchester United. Did you see that on uh, on Twitter this uh, today? I think it was somebody called in and say Manchester United should go after Unai Emery. So uh, enjoy Emery while he's here because he's clearly off to Old Trafford, isn't he?
1: Well, the the thing the thing is obviously obviously if, if they <laughs> if they did get rid of Ten Hag, which I don't think it will happen, but if they did, obviously Emery would be on the lips of of everybody because he's done so well. The same with like Deserbi at Brighton. But Man United are an absolute car crash at the moment, and and whatever happens at Man United, it's not because I don't think it's because of who's in the hot seat. It's because of what's happening above them. You know, it's it's, a, it's an absolute joke that club at the moment, and the the, the gla- I think Gary Neville gets it spot on. The Glazers are just they they need they need to go, don't they? It's toxic at the club, and I don't think it'd matter who the manager would be. I think it would be the same outcome eh? so say I Emery he wouldn't look twice at Manchester United he wouldn't look twice at them
0: I've just got this uh, image of you sat at your desk now with a, a yellow and green scarf on ranting about the Glazers that's really funny <laughs> No
1: I'm not I'm not I'm not pro, I'm not pro <laughs> Man United but I just think that I just think I don't like I, I don't know I just I don't like these sort of absent owners who clearly don't give a toss though and like don't be wrong you could say oh poor Man United whatever but it's it's still though I don't still don't like to see a club run like that though and I just I look at them and I just think. You ain't going to change anything. And if you change the manager, you'll still be in the same position all these years on, sort of thing. It's not going to change anything.
0: Well, exactly. Football's all about opinions. And I, for one, am really enjoying this uh, downfall of Manchester United. So each of their own. But anyway, this is Villa Podcast. And we've really enjoyed talking about Aston Villa. It's just so fun being a fan at the moment. And of course, it's the best Villa team I've seen. I mean, I have started supporting a Villa when Alex McLeish was the manager. So that says it all. But yeah, it's just it's just so much fun, isn't it, at the moment? And on Forest eh? Yeah, it'll be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And. Uh, Uh, hopefully another three points exactly if you have enjoyed this podcast please do subscribe on whatever podcast platform it is go and check out the recent villa on tour videos over there as well there's plenty to catch up on youtube as well as the podcasts without further ado we shall speak to you after that nottingham forest game on sunday up the villa